0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Off the Couch on the Blister Podcast Network, where we take a closer look each week at the wide, weird, and wonderful world of running. I'm your host, Jonathan Ellsworth. I'm also the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Off the Couch is presented by CBG Trails. The CBG Trails app is the only complete trail map app of Crested Butte and the Gunnison Valley, Colorado. So download the app today and start exploring. When a 15 year old Hayden Hawks first heard about the Western States 100, he knew that he would someday get into running ultras and it became his dream to race at Western States. Fast forward 14 years, and the now 29-year-old Hayden Hawks is a world-class runner who's just won the Black Canyon 100K, and he is qualified to race Western States this June. So I talked to Hayden about his Black Canyon 100 win and the specific lessons he learned from that particular race, and we discuss his trajectory from running track in high school to where he is today. But I think the biggest takeaway from my conversation with Hayden is just how driven he is to test himself and to see what is possible for him. Hayden's is a very infectious energy and a great reminder, I think, for all of us to approach life with passion, drive, and joy. And with that, let's get to my conversation with Hayden Hawks.
1: Well, Hayden, how are you today, and where are you today? Yeah, I'm just uh, here in my house in Cedar City, Utah. Um, we just got a couple inches of snow last night, and just, uh, yeah, enjoying the day. I uh, just got back from Costa Rica last week, so trying to get adjusted and used to the the colder weather again, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been great, and I'm just excited to be here and talk to you today. Well, awesome. Well, super happy to
0: be talking with you. Um, so, Costa Rica. So basically, if I've got if I've got the timeline right here, you just won the Black Canyon 100k. I think that was February 15th. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Now, was this like if I actually win it, I get to go on a cool trip to Costa Rica, but if I don't win it, it's just, you know, back home, back to the, you know, drawing board. Like how did how did this go with the Costa Rica trip post Black Canyon?
1: Yeah, well, I <laughs> talked to my wife before the race, and I told her that I wanted to do this Black Canyon race, and, and she was like, hey, that's our anniversary, and uh, so the February 15th is actually my anniversary, plus it was Valentine's Day the day before, <laughs> yeah. right? So I told my wife, hey, like, allow me to do this, and I'll take you to Costa Rica after, and uh so we we have a little two-year-old so the parents decided that they would you know help us out and watch him and i took her out for a week and we just enjoyed our time with one another and so that was kind of the the whole thing about it is i put in these big long training blocks and then i try to give myself a week or two after to kind of recover and i thought you know hey no better place to recover than than costa rica on the beach you know with my wife having a good time so that was kind of the whole thing about it
0: this sounds like the like best possible last two weeks a person could really have. <laughs>
1: like... Yeah, it was pretty nice. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I was in the race and we'll probably talk about this more later, but I was having kind of a hard time at one section during the race and and, and the thought came to my head, hey man, you need to win this thing because how how much better is Costa Rica going to be with a win? And I was like, if I lose this thing, I'm probably going to be a little upset and I don't want to go to Costa Rica upset. And so that kind of helped motivate me to get that win at Black Canyon.
0: This is perfect. I think this should be a new thing. After all your races, you just, you just plot, a you know, it can sometimes really blow out vacations, sometimes maybe a little more modest thing, but I like <laughs> this idea. If you're going to run that far, I think you've, you've earned the right to a vacation regardless. So, um, and 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 it might and maybe it'll pull you through to the victory. I mean, this might be your new thing.
1: Yeah, and it helps me get through the training block too cuz honestly, the race is easy compared to the training. You know, when you're when you're training for 12 to 14 weeks before a race and and putting in lots of work day in and day out, sacrificing a lot, you know, it's it's a lot of time away from the family and and stuff like that. You know, it's it's good to know that you're going to have this kind of this vacation after that you can can spend time with the family and relax, and, and it helps get through the training, but also helps get through the race. So,
0: Well, that's a pretty interesting thing for you to say, and I kind of want to stay on that for a minute. Um, the training is harder than the race itself. Now, you said that, but then you just pointed to kind of the logistics and familial logistics of doing that. You're not pushing yourself so hard in the running part, of the training that the race feels easier
1: um on certain workouts you are so so on certain workouts you know you're you're doing these workouts that are just so intense that you get done with them and you you feel like falling over collapsing on the ground you know maybe throwing up a little bit and you know some of those days are really really tough because you know you need to teach your body you know you need to you build your lactic threshold you build your running economy and you get yourself so prepared that when you go to race day, you're prepared for anything that comes up because the thing about ultra running is, it's ultra running, you know, it's so long, you're, you're out there for such a long time that there's so many variables and things that can happen and learning how to troubleshoot through those things is, is kind of the key to winning races and, and being a good ultra runner. And so, but if you don't practice those in training, when they come up on race day, you, you just can't get through them mentally and physically and so yeah you know there's there's a lot that goes into the training you know different workouts that are specifically set for like okay this is going to help me get through mile 30 to 40. you know this is going to help me finish different things like that and then also just the grind the day in and day out of of running you know waking up at six in the morning or whatever it is to get a run in you know it's sometimes it's hard especially when you you live in a mountain town and it's 10 degrees outside and and snowing but you still have to get that run in, you know? I
0: want to talk about your specific training for the Black Canyon 100K and some of the related topics to that. Um, What your expectations were coming into this race and why you sort of highlighted this particular race to run
1: Yeah, so the goal for this year was to run Western States, um, which is June 27th in in Auburn and Squaw Valley, California. And, you know, they they have five golden ticket races um, where if you go to these races and you take top two in the race, you get an automatic spot into Western States. You know, otherwise you have to go through the lottery um, and that's kind of a, a hard thing to do. And especially with so many people applying, you know, more and more every single year, and so I chose Black Canyon because Black Canyon was one of the golden ticket races, you know, to qualify for Western States. Um, Western States has always been a dream race of mine. You know, I was out there last year crewing and pacing a friend of mine who ended up taking fourth, uh, Matt Daniels, in the race. Um, he actually won Black Canyon last year and got his golden ticket there. And so I had talked to him a little about, about this race and he was like, dude, this race is perfect for you, like... Um, and, and i was like okay yeah sounds good like I, I i researched it i looked it up and it's a desert race um ran you know on the desert desert terrain there in arizona and i grew up in st george utah which is a very desert type environment as well and so i do a lot of my training and i i love training in the desert you know the, that's kind of where i've found a lot of success is, is running and training in the desert. So I said hey you know this fits perfectly like the terrain fits me it's a golden ticket race Um, it's not too far away I can drive to the race and so that's why I chose black Canyon Um, the one thing though is you know I actually ended up getting a golden ticket before I ran the race because um, there's this organization called ultra trail world tour and they take like the top ranked Americans in the world and they, they ask them if they want golden tickets every year. There's three spots that they have for Western States that they can give a golden ticket to athletes, and and they picked me because I was one of the top-ranked athletes, and and I accepted it, and so I ended up getting a golden ticket before <laughs> Black Canyon, um, so I guess I, I won Black Canyon. I got another golden ticket, so now I have two of them, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now it moved back to the third-place runner because I already had one, but yeah, that's that kind of gives you a little background of why I chose this race, and Um, Why it was it was such a perfect, you know, ideal situation for me to to go and run it. Given that you already had the golden ticket, did that
0: that I could see that psychologically going a couple ways for you, right? Like, did you did it take some pressure off? Like, man, I don't actually have to come in with the best race of my life my tickets already punched to Western States or was it actually slightly anticlimactic?
1: Um, I would say with, so with me, I'm, I'm a pretty competitive person as, as most people are that, you know, are elite athletes, I guess you'd say, but I, I don't know. I, I was a big Kobe Bryant fan growing up. So I'm going to use this phrase. I have that Mamba mentality where it's like, I'm going to give it everything I possibly have. And I'm going to try my hardest, no matter what, you know? So Having, my only, having a golden ticket already really didn't affect me that much because I, I just changed my goal to, hey, I'm going to go and break the course record here at Black Canyon. I'm going to run as fast as I possibly can. And so my training was still very intense and very prepared. And, and also, I, I knew that working hard in this training block would help prepare me for future races like Western States. So I was like, you know, I, I'm just going to keep on you know even though i have that golden ticket i'm going to keep working my butt off and i'm going to get myself ready to to go and crush this race and so going into the race my goal was to win you know and and my goal was to break the course record i would say that the one thing having a golden ticket did is it, it allowed me to take more risks in the race um so i i went out at course record pace like pretty fast actually i got a lot faster than course record pace maybe a little too fast but uh I was willing to take that risk because there was there was really no wrong in doing that because if if I blew up, I still had a golden ticket, you know. But it, but if I would have had to been racing for a golden ticket, I wouldn't have been able to take as many risks, and I would have had to kind of hold back and and play it a little safer. So I I insured myself to get a golden mm-hmm. ticket. So I, that that was kind of a, I, I kind of liked that because it put it did put a little pressure off, like. Hey, you don't have to like worry about blowing up. You can go out and do whatever you want to do and race your race.
0: So, a couple times and numbers for you: seven hours, fifty-five minutes, thirty-three seconds. Uh, how does that sound to you? Couple weeks after the fact.
1: Uh it sounds good. I'm I'm glad I broke eight hours. You know, especially on the on the r- real course. I think I'm only the second person to ever break. Eight hours on the actual real course, but I did miss the course record by about uh, two or three minutes, I think. <laughs> so that kind of sucks, but 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 it's all good. You know, it's all good. I got the win, and that's what really matters. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, records are are meant to be broken, and so even if I would have broke the record, I'm sure it would have got broken a couple years from now. But but no one can ever take a win from you and so that's what's most important to me is getting that win first and foremost and and I ran into some issues during the race with the heat um, which is kind of weird because I'm usually really good in the heat but I just ran into some dehydration issues and some heat problems and and that's kind of where I fell off uh, from getting the record so I feel good about it considering some of the issues I ran into during the race. Do you think you learned anything
0: from this race to help you in your next race or for Western states?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, I learned a lot of things. I, I think I posted on Instagram after that. This was one of the races where I learned the most out of any race I've ever done. Um, being I I need to do more heat training. Um, you know, living in Cedar City, Utah, I I live at six thousand feet elevation. It's snowing, it's cold, you know, I've been running in 30, 40 degree temperatures all winter and I just didn't do enough heat training, you know, I I didn't get into the sauna like I needed to, I didn't get down to St. George enough during the hot days to get training in and I really suffered during the race because of that, Um, so going into western states and some of my other races that are potentially going to be warmer um, than this race, I, I need to make sure that I'm getting sauna training and I'm getting heat training and that I'm, I'm adapting to that. I, I just thought, you know, growing up in St. George, I've always been good in the heat. You know, St. George gets up to 120 degrees at some times during the, during the summers. And I thought, you know, I'll be okay. Like I can, I can adjust to the heat, but I didn't realize that like, this is an early race. It's early in the season. And I did need to do more heat training. Um, but it's okay, because even though I suffered from the heat you know, later on in the race, I learned how to troubleshoot through that. I learned how to rehydrate myself after becoming dehydrated. I learned different tactics that I can use to cool my body down. And really, I think all those things are going to come in handy come Western states. And if I would have never practiced them in a race like Black Canyon in a race scenario you know, who knows, maybe at Western States, I wouldn't know how to react when those things came up if they did come up. And so I was able to fight mentally through a lot of just struggle with the heat. And it made me a tougher person and a stronger person overall because of that. Here's kind of the flip side of the coin to to your
0: very interesting answer you just gave. What do you feel like went well during the race?
1: Oh yeah, I would say the first probably 40 miles went really, really well. You know, I felt amazing those first 40 miles, and I felt like I didn't really go out too fast. You know, um, I felt like I was just smooth, like everything was clicking. My my shoe choice was perfect. I, I wore the Ultra Duos, and they were perfect for that terrain and that 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 you know the area there, and and I just felt like everything was very was clicking my mind was in it like mentally i was focused and i was just enjoying myself you know i was smiling out there giving fist bumps you know and just like having a great time out there and then once that heat started setting in once it got over 70 degree temperatures that's kind of when it started i started struggling a little bit so from about 40 to mile 54 i would say that, that heat got over 70 degrees, and I hadn't ran over 70 degrees the entire winter for almost probably four months. And so that's when I started kind of feeling it a little bit. Um, my nutrition was on point. Um, besides, I probably needed a little bit more water. I was I was fueling with gels and drink mix, and it was just a lot of electrolytes and not enough water. So I think next time I would try to balance out. Maybe have one flask of water and one flask of drink mix. Um, the aid stations, my crew, and everything was perfect. Like I was right on point with all of that. Um, but just those 14 miles was really the only problem, only area that went really bad. I uh, I just felt dehydrated. I couldn't keep my body cool. But then it was crazy at, at mile 54 after troubleshooting and fighting through a lot of those those mental barriers that were trying to get me to stop i i all of a sudden i just i stopped running for one second i i i kind of dropped my head down and kind of like was bent over and i was just like oh my gosh how am i going to get through these last seven miles and all of a sudden like i just felt like throwing up i threw up about five or six times I jumped back up. I put my head back up and I felt like a new man and it was just like this click that happened where like at one point at mile 54 I was running like 10 minute pace on a downhill and then all of a sudden I, I puked and rallied and I came back and I started running 7 minute pace again I, I dropped 3 minutes per mile just like that and then was able to hold that pace for the next 7 miles of the race so that just showed me there, too, that you can always come back. You know, even though you might feel, be feeling terrible, just keep moving forward, keep troubleshooting, treat, trying to, like, overcome those, those things, and you never know what's going to happen. You know, sometimes your body can just click just like that, and all of a sudden you're running like you, like you just started the race again. And that's exactly what happened to me. And, and that was another lesson learned that, hey, there might be issue, times where I feel like that in Western states. But I just got to keep moving forward knowing that, hey, I can come back from this and, and my body's going to come back at some point because I've done the training and I've practiced this and I've done everything that I have can and I've I'm prepared for this race.
0: Have there been other races where you feel like you've had a similar, like very rough portion of the race and you did bounce back in the way that you've just described here? Or was this really kind of the first and best example of what you've just described?
1: Um, I would say, you know, for 50 Ks, it's a little too short. And so I've, I've never really had that issue in a 50 K. Um, but the other race that I can think of that that happened was, was at Lavareto. It's 120 kilometer in Italy that I ran two years ago. And I won that race as well. Um, it was kind of the same situation for the first 10 K or so. I felt, okay pretty good and then for the next like 40 50k i felt terrible man kind of the same situation but but it it wasn't necessarily a dehydration issue it was that i was kind of sleep deprived because we were running through the night and i just couldn't get my body to wake up and feel good and then all of a sudden i hit like 60k and i started feeling great again and i went from like eighth place to first place um in the next 60k and won the race by like 10 minutes and so yeah like it's happened to me before i kind of forgot i think in this race and so it's good to to have it happen to me every now and then because it it reminds me that hey my body's a lot stronger than i think it is my mind is a lot stronger than i think it is and i can fight through anything you know as long as i've done the training but i'd say the one thing that for both of those races That i think helped me the most was i was fresh and i had a good strong training block going into those races you know i hadn't over raced i hadn't you know put myself into a situation where i was i was feeling tired and down going into those races and both times i was able to get myself out i think like if i was tired and and just not feeling healthy or strong going into a race like it would be a lot harder for me to get myself out of those situations. And I've had those instances before where, where I ended up DNFing races because I just couldn't mentally and physically get myself out because I was already worn out going into the race. And so I think it's very important that we don't over race and that we, we get proper training blocks and we prepare ourselves for races. We spread out our races you know, with a good significant time to recover and, and to get the proper training in, because going into a race fresh is the most important thing you can do because you're not able to get through hard times. If you, if you're not feeling decent going into the race or fresh and healthy.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your experience with ultras, you know, in general. So maybe first question What got you interested in running ultras in the first place?
1: Yeah, um, that's a good question. So growing up, I worked at a a running store in St. George called the St. George Running Center, and I started working there when I was like 14, 15 years old. Um, When I first got into running, like when I get into things, I go all in. I mean, I'm just 100% invested in it. And so the first thing I did when I started running when I was a sophomore in high school, was i went to the local running store and said hey can i get a job here i want to learn as much as i possibly can about running i want to you know i i want to be invested in this and and they actually gave me a job i ended up starting working there and the owner of the store is named steve hooper he actually crewed me at black canyon he's a good friend of mine Um, he started talking to me about this race called western states and he said you know because he grew up in sacramento um, near the Folsom area." And he, growing up, his dad would take him to Western States every single year and they would volunteer at the aid stations. Um, and that was kind of his, his introduction into trail running when he was younger. And so when I first started working there, he started talking to me about this race. And there was this other guy that would come in named Turtle Miller and they would get together and they would just go off about it. and like It was just so awesome to see. And I had no clue what this race was, but after they started talking about it, I got so intrigued and I started, I just got so involved and I started researching and watching every single movie and documentary I possibly could about the race and researching all the winners and, you know, Scott Zurich and, and, and Trason, And I was just like, I'm going to run this someday. But I would, I always told myself, I'm not going to run this probably till I'm like 40 or 50 because like, first i want a career on in on the track and then i want a career in marathoning and then i want a career in trail running um, and then i like when i went to college and everything i'd always tell my my friends that i was going to be on the team that i was going to be an ultra runner someday and they would kind of laugh at me and be like dude you're crazy dude like why would the heck would you want to do that and but it it had always been there like it always had been deep inside of me even though i ran cross country and track and field and i kind of got involved in that whole scene I always knew that someday I would be an ultra runner. I, I didn't know it would come this quickly, but I'm sure glad that it did because, man, I have an amazing life. I mean, and I just love running on trails and I love ultra running. And I'm so excited to run Western States this year because honestly, that's what got me going into into this whole ultra running thing. So you're a sophomore in high school. So what what is that? That's like, what,
0: 15 years old?
1: Yeah, around 15.
0: Then, this part where you say, like, well, I knew I would run ultras, but I was going to do sort of track and kind of work my way up and into this. Now, we've talked about this quite a bit on Off the Couch, like that there has perhaps, it used to be more common, right? That a person, a runner would go through the kind of trajectory that you just described, right? So, I'm going to run track and field or cross country and then I'll run in college, maybe increase the distance a bit, then work up to marathons, and then work up into the ultra levels. And we've talked a bit about how it seems like we're seeing now some people skipping some of that progression or those steps. So when you say that you kind of had the more conventional notion of like, I'm going to work my way up to marathons, and then I'm going to work my way into ultra, Did you have that idea in your head or did somebody tell you that's kind of the way you go about that's that's the way one goes about this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of people encouraging me to do that because they said, you know, you need to build speed, you know, work your way up because you'll be even a better ultra runner if you do it that way. Um, But like I would say, yeah, and I would say personally, I I wanted to do it that way. Like, I really did because I enjoyed track and field. You know, I enjoyed um, running some half marathons and stuff. And so I I really did want to take it that way. But, like, I think my mind wanted to take it that way, but my heart didn't because honestly, my heart was always in the trails. Because I remember growing up, um, I grew up in, in a little place called Ivins, Utah, just outside of St. George. And there was this big mountain called the Red Mountain that was kind of right outside my, my front door. And it was the thing of, in the town, like you need, you need to climb up the Red Mountain and climb back down, you know. And, and everybody would do it in the neighborhood and blah, blah, blah. And, and I remember like I would go up there and I would try to run up it as fast as I could in high school and then run down it. And, and then I would always go and run on these trails. I mean, I grew up next to Zion National Park you know, I grew up in this amazing place where there's just so many trails. And so anytime that my coach would give us like a free day to just go and run, I would go out and run on the trails as much as I possibly could. You know, sometimes I'd get lost and I wouldn't get back till like one in the morning. And my parents would be like, where the heck were you? My mom, she was like, I was about ready to call search and rescue, blah, blah, blah. And I would just be like, I was just out on the trails, enjoying it. You know, I'd go out there and just just get kind of lost in the trails and run for for hours and hours and hours, and just I loved it. You know, I, I loved it, and so I would say my my mind wanted to do the track and then the road running and the ultra, but then my heart always kind of gravitated towards the trails. So when those opportunities came, like after college, to go and run trails with friends and then and then sign up for the speed goat 50k last minute, like. It was easy for me to make those decisions to go that way because it sounded like fun. I mean, it sounded like a blast to just be out there in the Wasatch Mountains, in Salt Lake City, Utah, you know, running up and down mountains. And, and that was kind of, I guess, how I got into this is it, I was just following my heart the entire way and doing what I wanted to do instead of listening to what everybody else was telling me to do. Interesting. So following your heart, do you
0: think that helped you maybe avoid some of or all of the rather common season or period of burnout that, you know, I think a lot of runners do experience sort of at some point along the way?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I would say, you know, I've been doing high mileage for a long period of time. You know, like that's the thing is people look at my Strava sometimes and they say, man, you're, you're doing such high mileage and, and you're going to like burn out and blah, 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 and this and that. But people don't realize that I've been doing high mileage since I was in high school. You know, when, when I first started running, working at the St. George running center, um i had nobody really on my cross country team that i could run with you know i, I was kind of a little i guess i say I, I was quite a bit ahead of the next person on the team and uh and so i actually ended up asking my high school coach when i was in high school hey can i go and run with the local marathon group because like those guys can push me and they can get me ready and so in high school, I actually never went to practice. <laughs> I, I practiced with the, the local running club and would go and do long runs with them on Saturdays and then just show up for the track meets and the cross-country meets and and you know end up winning the races. And my coach was fine with it because like, I was winning the races, right? <laughs> and so he was like, oh, this is working. And so I was running with these marathon guys and they were doing 20-mile long runs on Saturdays. And I would join them, you know. I, I, I would go out there and do 20 mile runs and and I loved it because I just loved running. You know, I I have always kind of considered myself a soul runner. You know, it's it's something that I just enjoy doing. Like I look forward to waking up every day and going out and running. And uh, it's something that just really, you know, makes my day and makes my life. And and so yeah, like I and then in college I was doing 120, 130 mile weeks in college um i've done that same as a pro now and so like i think following my heart and just keeping that passion for running alive and and knowing like how much i really truly love this has helped me you know with the burnout because i feel like burnout is more mental than physical to be 100 percent honest with you and i feel like if you can keep your mind in it and your heart in it and keep that love alive you know it there's a good chance you're not going to burn out because that's kind of, you know, the, I I feel like that's more of the, the problem with burnout is the mental and, and kind of losing track of why you, you love it so much and why you're doing it. So when
0: did you really start racing trails? And related question, when you started racing trails, was that already bumping up to the ultra distance?
1: Yeah, so I... Uh, yeah i got started with trail running so i i ran track and field like i said at southern utah university um i graduated in may of 2016 um so that was my final season of track that year i uh my whole goal for track that year i i just came off a all-american um season in cross country on the fall of 2015 and then going into the spring of 2016 my goal was to, to be an All-American in track and to qualify for the Olympic trials in the 10K. Like that was my goal. You know, I, I ran indoor that year and ran a 1353 on the track, um, which was really close to my PB at the time. And I was like, man, I am fit enough. And, and me and my coach had sat down and, and we we're like, man, you are fit enough to go 1330s in the 5K and possibly like low 28s in the 10k and and i honestly believe i was fit enough to do that and that would have qualified me for the olympic trials that year and so that was the whole goal um unfortunately the the season didn't go as planned we we kind of picked the wrong race to start with and then i got kind of a little tired and ran into some injury issues and and ended up not even running pbs that year and it was kind of really hard on me because i I kind of got a little burnt out, I guess you'd say, because chasing this goal and not achieving it, I was just very frustrated and disappointed. I wasn't burnt out of running. I was burnt out of the track. And so I had a, I had a friend who was an ultra runner who invited me to just come out and run with him. He's like, hey, we're going to go run up this mountain in southern Utah called Pine Valley. Like, We'd love to have you join us. It's going to take us pretty much all day. Like, Would you like to do it? And I jumped on it. Yeah, I'd love to. Again, following my heart, and uh, I went out there and started running with them, and I just fell in love with the trails, you know, being in the mountains and and hearing the animals and and just being out there by myself, and I, it was just awesome. And he started talking to me about this race called the Speed Goat 50K, and I was like, uh, I'm not going to run a 50K yet, like I'm not ready for that. And he's like, Well, like we, I think you would you would love it, blah blah blah. And so, anyways, I told him no. Um, I ended up signing up for the the U.S. Mountain Running Champs, which was a ten k distance, and went out and uh, ran that and took fourth and qualified for the the World Mountain Running Team. And then like a couple weeks after that, my buddy texted me again and said, "Hey, I'm up here at Speedgoat, like you should come run this, man. You would love to do it, or, or it would be awesome for you." And I and I and I kind of said no. I woke up the next morning, which was the day before the race, and. I'm I just felt like I needed to go run that race. I, it, it hit me so hard and I was like, all right, like, let's see if you can get in. So I called my friend, he asked Carl Meltzer if I could get in, which was kind of a miracle because Carl just doesn't allow people just to go into that race without running a 50K before usually. But somehow he convinced him, I drove up to Salt Lake Um, which is about a three-hour drive that morning uh, or that afternoon. I got there um, like pretty late. They threw a pack on me. Um, Magda was there, and Magda gave me some gels and said, here, take these every 30 minutes. And I I just said, okay, sounds good. And I, I woke up that next morning, and I took off from the start, pushed it as hard as I can the entire day and somehow pulled off the victory at Speedco, (laughs) (laughs) like it's an incredible field, and it kind of all started from there, I just kept signing up for races after that, because I I just loved it, and that's how my ultra running career started, was kind of on a whim, but also following my heart, and just doing what I love to do, and uh, I couldn't have asked for a better start to my career, I'm so grateful that it it all worked out and I'm grateful I'm in the situation I am now. When you say you couldn't have asked to a better start, you mean winning your first,
0: your first ultra trail race and it's the Speed Goat 50? That seems like a pretty solid start.
1: Yeah, yeah. Some would say that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good. So fast forward, I mean, we're three years really, kind of four years later. How does it, I mean, you've talked about you've been running distance and doing high mileage for a long time, but you haven't been in the ultra racing game for a long time. How does this feel to you now? I mean, do you feel kind of like a seasoned veteran? Um, Again, just because you've been doing a lot of miles per week for half your life, or do you kind of feel like the newbie still learning quite a bit?
1: yeah I would say I still feel like a newbie i I am learning every single day new things you know I've had over the last you know three and a half years I've had some great performances I've won some of the biggest races in the world but I've also had some some hard performances you know where I had to dnF or I had stomach issues or this or that that I was dealing with and and I'm learning man so much every single race and and I feel like now I'm starting to feel it clicking and I'm starting to really be a little bit more consistent and really learning like who I am as a runner and what I need to do in training and everything to be 100% prepared for these races. You know, how I need to adjust from doing some mountain races to some flatter to back to some mountain so that I, I keep that running economy and everything up. I mean, it is constantly a learning process in my in my career And, you know, I'm still really new to this, you know, three, four years. That's nothing. You know, if you look at like Zach Bitter and Killian Journey and and Jeff Browning and all these guys, they've been doing it 10 plus years. You know, some of them up to 15 years, you know, like and they're still learning, you know, sometimes. But but I'm learning a lot still. But honestly, I'll tell you this, like I've had some incredible performances. I've done really well. But you haven't seen the best of me yet, to be honest with you. I have so much more in me, man. Like, I, I am seeing it now. I'm clicking. I just, I just hired a new coach, David Roche, who's an amazing coach. And working with him has been incredible for my career so far. Like, he's helping me balance all these things and see these things because I love to race, you know, I, I get a little ahead of myself sometimes and I and I kinda put myself in trouble sometimes because I race too much or I or I train too hard and David's been able to kind of pull on the reins a little bit and make sure that I'm I'm also fresh going into races and that he's balanced helping me balance everything. And honestly, my best years are ahead of me. Like I'm only 29, I'm not even in my peak yet. And I'll be honest with you, dude. It's, it's going to be an incredible, like next five to 10 years. Like (laughs) I am feeling really, really strong now. And I, I think there's some big things on the horizon. I love it. I love it. Um,
0: you mentioned Kobe Bryant earlier in this conversation. I think he'd be smiling and nodding with approval too.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I, uh, I don't know, man. It's I want it so bad, I'll be honest with you. Like I, I tell my wife this every night and and uh, I say, you know, I just want it, man. Like I am willing to do whatever it takes to be the best that I can possibly be. And it's something that I think about often, you know. It every day I wake up and, and it's just something that I want and I'm willing to do anything it takes to to be the best that I can, you know, um, and it's it's just been I hope it all works out and I, I, I have complete faith and trust and I believe in myself so much that it will work out. Um, but I'm also enjoying the process and I, I'm just very grateful for this, this life that I've been given. Awesome.
0: <laughs> so if we can fast forward a little bit to Western State, it sounds like it's definitely not a problem getting you to go put the mileage in each week. That's not the issue. Maybe it's a little bit of kind of, as you said, pulling, pulling in the reins a little bit and making sure you're fresh. But as you're looking at Western, are you, does it feel like to get the best effort out of you is going to mostly be a, it's going to be kind of come down to tactics and strategy? Or what is, what's your guess about that?
1: Yeah, well, Western States can go one of two ways. You know, if it's a if it's a good weather day, you know, like it was last year, you can take a little bit more risks and you're able to kind of use your your talent and your trainings a little bit more to really just go out there and, and push it from the start and have an incredible day. If it's a hot year, like it usually is at Western States, you have to be a little bit more careful. It's not to say you can't run fast. You know, what Jim Walmsley did two years ago, on the western states course in a really hot year is was just incredible um and a lot of training of course is still going to prepare you and get you ready for that um and your talents and abilities as well but you do have to be a little bit more strategic on days like that you know making sure you're getting your ice you know making sure you're hydrating and you're cooling yourself off because you know in the canyons it can get over 100 degrees and you know if if you don't do that if you fall into any sort of dehydration or or where you're you're just feeling hot like that can make or break your your day. And so yeah, I I think like making sure that I'm prepared for a hot day is going to be the key, but also if it is ends up being a good day, being prepared to go out there and take risks and run fast and just enjoying it too and being out there and and giving it my all, you know, like I I believe that Western States is going to be a really fun year this year um because the field is just incredible um you know and it's just going to be a great day out there i i feel like and i just i'm going to prepare myself as much as i possibly can and i think the the biggest thing with with western states that i'm seeing just like i saw at black canyon and and all these the good races that i've had recently is i need to be fresh and i need to be healthy come race day if i'm fresh and i'm healthy on race day I can have an amazing day and I'm going to be really hard to beat. But if I'm overtrained, um I think Ryan Hall said it best. It's it's better to be 1 mile undertrained than 1 mile overtrained. Um if I'm 1 mile overtrained, you know, you never know what can happen, but I'm going to ensure that I that I'm that 1 mile undertrained and I'm fresh and ready to go on race day.
0: Really going to be looking forward to checking this race out this year. So when you're not running, what's life look like for you these days?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm a dad, you know, I have a a two-year-old son. So a lot of my life revolves around him, you know, trying to be the best dad that I can be, you know, trying to give him my time and my utmost attention is a, a big part of my life because I had a dad that did that to me and, you know, he was always there for me and, and I'm so grateful for that because I, I'm the person I am today because of that. And, you know, and I try to do the same thing with my son and and try to involve him with my career and my life and, and try to be the best that I can be. So yeah, a lot of my time goes to that. Um, I'm also a coach. Um, I really enjoy coaching. I coach clients from all around the world. And it's something that I look forward to every day is getting on the, on the computer or on a phone call with them and talking to them about their training and, helping them achieve their goals because really seeing them achieve their goals inspires me to achieve my goals and it also is is kind of m- bigger for me, you know, seeing someone crush their goals. And so yeah, that's a, a big thing of mine is 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 coaching, being a dad, um, you know, spending as much time as I can in the outdoors. You know, if I'm not running, I I still like to go out and I like to hike and I like to fish and I like to you know, just spend as much time as I can out there because honestly, I hate being cooped up in houses. <laughs> I I love being outside and, and I love learning new things and, and seeing new, just new areas. And and so, yeah, like w- we do like to travel as a family. We like to spend our time outdoors and we, we like to do everything we, we can to just embrace the, the outdoors. Like in Costa Rica, just barely i I learned how to surf, and that's something that I've always wanted to do. I went down there and I learned how to surf and i I love it i I loved learning new things and and being in the outdoors as much as I possibly can Related note. Um, it's maybe a good time to bring up
0: your uh your good friend Claire Gallagher, who I think when we talked to Claire just after she won Western States this past year. And I believe, I know she was talking about you off record. Um, I think actually it was in the recorded conversation as well. Um, and <laughs> as I told you earlier, like anybody that Claire Gallagher is like gives a thumbs up to, like I'm in on <laughs> just off the bat. So I was like, it's going to be, yeah, some, some point in time, I'm looking forward to talking to Hayden. And so, uh, and and here we are, but I know that you and Claire kind of you're talking about your love of the outdoors and you don't really love being indoors. Um, You and Claire share um, some uh, share a love of, you know, speaking out a bit and kind of just trying to be attuned to what's going on in terms of. The environment and policies and public lands and the rest. Um, and I'd be interested to hear you talk a little bit more about that or, you know, did Claire get you involved in that? Or is that something that that was already something that was, um, being developed in you before you met Claire?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it's always been in me. Um, like I said, growing up to so many national parks and public lands here in Southern Utah, I've always been a huge advocate, you know, for the public lands and doing all that I can to help my community and, uh, you know, to help preserve a lot of these public lands and, and to keep them available for, for the public, you know, because that's what they're for. And so, yeah, me and Claire do share that, you know, she's an awesome person. I I really love spending time with Claire and every time we get together, it's it's a riot, man. We have a good time, some good laughs and some good conversations and um you know we got to know each other more because she came in and ran the zion traverse fkt down here um i helped her do that i helped her sneak in and out of the park actually at the end <laughs> the, the the entrance was closed but we got in and she ended up uh, breaking the fkt and and then her car broke down here in cedar and <laughs> she ended up staying here at my house and we ended up trying to get her car fixed. And the other day she texted me and she's like, I got to make it back to Cedar city so I can give my mechanic a hug. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) she's just a, a funny person, but yeah. Um, I think it's very important to be involved, you know, in your communities and, and doing all that you can to help with the lands that you love. You know, um, for instance, I, I volunteer, um, and I work on the trail committee here in Cedar City, Utah. Throughout the year, we're building trails, um, we're maintenancing trails, and we're just doing all that we can to really help um, our community and help people get out and be involved in the outdoors, You know, mountain bikers, runners, you know, everybody. And so that's a, a big part of my life as well, is going out and volunteering once or twice a week to help and build trails and maintain trails. Um, I also um, really get involved with a lot of the organizations down here to help with um, the public lands. Like for right now, we're, we're dealing with uh, an issue where they're trying to build a highway through one of our our big uh, reserves here in southern Utah called the Red Cliffs uh, Reserve. And so right now we're fighting that. You know, I, I'm involved with the Conserve Southwest Utah organization, and we've, gone out and we've um been getting um people to just write about why they love this area and then we're submitting that to our politicians and and the representatives to help prevent this like things like this from happening. And so I think it's it's a very important thing. The other day we were out the the um the BLM office and we, we got together and we just showed them how much that, that there are people in this area that love these public lands that spend a lot of time out there. And so I would say, and I would encourage people to get involved as much as possible, you know, join the, the organizations that are fighting for these lands, you know, be active on social media, you know, use the lands as well, because they're, they're not, they're going to more likely build highways and and get rid of the lands if if they're not being used. And so use them and show people that you love them, you know, and and that can really help. And then also vote. Voting is the most important thing that you can do to to help um, with these issues. You know, show your politicians that that you really care about these areas. And uh, that's something me and Claire both share and that we're very, very passionate about. And uh, it's something that I, I really try to do. I, I've done a few projects over the years to raise money for Bears Ears and for Zion National Park. And, and honestly, I find a lot of joy in that. You know, it, it makes my running have purpose. And it's something that I'm, I'm very, very um, happy that, I, that I've been involved in over the years. Hayden, this has been
0: really fun to connect and to hear everything from your background and how you got into running and your progression through this and your walking us through your performance at the Black Canyon 100K and the like. I mean, this has been a really, really fun conversation and a a good listen. I I think I could listen to you talk about running for a very long time. Um, But uh, And then I think the last thing to say is it's just going to be really fun to watch Uh, as you continue to get ready for western states and um as you've put it well you're feeling good and you're looking you've, you've got some um you've got some things in store for the next you know five years and beyond and um boy that it's fun to hear you talk about that stuff and hear your own enthusiasm and
1: uh it sure makes me excited to just follow along yeah thanks man yeah i i uh I've written down these goals and, you know, I, I have them written down for, for the next few years and I'm just excited to chase them. You know, I'm really excited to chase them and, and make sure that I'm ready for each and every race. You know, my next race will be Lake Sonoma and then Western States. And so I'm, I'm really excited to go out to those two races and and to show, you know, how the hard work and, and how it, it's paying off. And I'm very grateful, you know, that that you have me on here. And, and uh, yeah, I hope that my words can help inspire and and help other people to chase their goals and dreams and, and to be the best runners and the best people that they can be.
0: Hmm. Here's to that. Well, Hey, thanks so much. A pleasure to talk. I look forward to doing it again at some point down the line and, um, much success going forward. Thanks, man. That's it for this edition of off the couch. Thanks to Hayden for the conversation. Thanks to Luke Alley for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd encourage you to subscribe to Off the Couch, tell your friends about the show, and leave us a nice rating in iTunes. Until next time, and as Hayden advised, keep moving forward, and we will talk to you again next week.